Hi, welcome to the What's Up Podcast. I'm Monica Hooper. Today I'm joined by Bonnie Montgomery. She is one of Arkansas's best kept secrets. One of the best descriptions that I've ever read about Bonnie is that she is a creative nomad wielding classical arias and country barn burners with a revolutionary spirit. People should really speak up about Bonnie. She's been singing country songs with the skill of an opera singer around the state for nearly two decades. She released a folk opera called Billy Blythe about the childhood of Bill Clinton in 2011, and she followed that up with a live album that was recorded at the Cake Shop in New York City. She released her self-titled album in 2014, followed by her album Forever, which our buddy Sean Clancy at the Arkansas Democrat Gazette praised as an excellent collection of honky-tonk laced tales of love, resilience, and making a life on the road. She's planning to release her latest album, River, this November, right in time for my birthday. And I'm so happy to welcome her today to the What's Up podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today, Bonnie. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Um, okay, so I didn't know if I was right about this or not, but are you living here in Northwest Arkansas these days? Yes, I am. I moved up here from the Austin area um, during the pandemic times, and uh, yeah. So it's my first time being in Northwest Arkansas, but of course not my first time in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I saw that you had, um, I knew you were working with House of Songs, mm -hmm. and I saw that recently you and Willie Carlisle released a song together over there. Are you planning on any more music with, with Mr. Carlisle? Oh, gosh, I don't know. We need to get our heads together, me and Willie. <laughs> He's all over the place, but... We did uh, co-write that song together, and we've never recorded it in the studio. So, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> you gave me a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. I was, Thank you. I, um, I, which, of course, I'm a big fan of both of you, so I'm going to stop there. Otherwise, it'll just be me gushing this whole time. <laughs> oh. So um, you're releasing a new album in November, mm -hmm. and um, this week you've got a song coming out. I, I've heard that this new album, River, is uh, very autobiographical. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and how it came to be? Sure. I think, uh, you know, it's kind of a combination of a lot of songs that I've written over the years that I hadn't recorded and then a handful of brand new ones that I wrote, like, during the last year or two. So um, most of my songs are autobiographical. I I realized now that I have a little catalog behind me that most every song is something that happened in my life. So, yeah, so that's the case on this album for sure. But, um, yeah, I just had a, a new group of songs and time, lots of time during the pandemic to get into the studio. So it just kind of happened. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and you is you said that you you're pulling from um songs that you've already written where was this kind of like the boat songs 2003 that um where you had taken songs from a long time ago and re redid them or is this um something different uh it's pretty different i did take a song from the boat songs era um half drunk and <laughs> brought that into this album and gave it the full 
professional studio treatment finally because Boat Songs was such a lo-fi, you know, analog home project. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was. it's not like Boat Songs in that I took a body of songs from back then and brought them to life again. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, that there are a few that, that just slipped through the cracks through the years that I never got in the studio. So we brought them in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Can mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit about recording it? Um, I, I I saw in the notes that it was someone that you had worked with before helped you with the recording this album. Yes, <laughs> recording this album was so wonderful. I enjoyed every single minute of it because mm-hmm. uh, my steel guitar player, his name is Kevin Skirla, and he, we put a lot of miles on the road together touring, and he's played on other records that I put out. But uh, he built a studio. Just every square inch is so meticulously perfect and just to a T the kind of equipment that we love to work with and um, a lot of vintage equipment and analog as much as we could and a, and a grand piano and uh, he just it was his love project and he kept saying you know you got to come down to Wolf Island he named it Wolf Island Studios because he's outside of Houston and it floods so much I think is why he named it an island but anyway so his family has a sod farm outside of Houston and so this studio is in the barn and it's like a Texas size farm you know being from Arkansas I I drive up in this barn it's like three stories high because of the combines and uh you know it was just so much fun to be around a farming um you know family the whole time that we would be recording too so it was a pure country album. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, I can't think of a better spot <laughs> than a sod farm. <laughs> yeah, I would have to park at the road. His dad's house is by the road, and then he'd have to come get me in the ATV because it would be so <laughs> so flooded almost every time that I couldn't even drive my car over to the barn. But um, it was just amazing because me and Kevin are just buddies. You know, we've been on the road together, friends and collaborators, so... There wasn't any kind of power dynamic or any kind of pushback from either one of us or ego. There was pretty much just no ego in the equation. So, and I even worked the board sometimes because it was just the two of us because it was during the pandemic when it was very serious and we were taking the risk (laughs) for the music, but just trying to keep it simple just with me and him. So he played drums, bass, um, all the guitars, the steel guitar, electric, acoustic, he played the organ and the piano, and he engineered. He is a savant, and it was just so much fun. Yeah. That's impressive, mm-hmm. just the two of you, because that album sounds so, like, it put me kind of in mind. It's so funky and soulful, and it puts me, it really um, put me in mind of, the, like, that era of Dolly Parton's career, like, with Bargain Store when that came out. Oh, you know, I love that. Like, it just, it, it sounds like such a, it seems like it's such a big production, and so that's really impressive that it was just the two of you. I, I, I assumed you played every instrument on there since you since you play so many instruments. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I, I, I did play piano and guitar, played some tambourine and some chimes that we got on mm-hmm. a few songs. And of course I sang and I did all the backup vocals oh, because yeah. I would at least do them for scratch. And then we would be like, oh man, let's just leave those, you know, (laughs) a lot of people don't like to hear the same vocalist singing the backups, but 
some of my heroes have done it, and I kind of love it. But we did get some other background singers in there eventually. But, yeah, it was just the two of us. And then, of course, Jeff Robson uh, played strings and violin. You know, he's the conductor of the Arkansas Symphony now. Yeah, I'm so yeah. proud that he got the post. Um, and uh, so he was the only other one that came in the studio. It was just me and Kevin and Jeff. And then the two background singers, Jimmy Daddy Davis and Whitney Rose. Mm -hmm. So, well, it's still a lot of talent going on that album. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so, um, and getting back to that, um, I know you're about to release uh, Modern Day Cowgirls Dream, um, which mm -hmm. is your first single from River. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, um, I read that the video it was recorded at Whitewater Tavern. <laughs> so, can you tell me a little bit about why you chose Whitewater? <laughs> Well, uh, everybody who's ever been knows that it's the perfect setting. You know, it's really photogenic in there. Any Anytime you take a picture, it always looks good. And so we knew that it was, we were scouting out other locations, you know, and we knew we were going to have to spruce them up somehow to make them look uh, like we wanted them to. But Whitewater was turnkey, ready to go. <laughs> All the dust on everything and, you know, just the decor and the vibe. So, and plus I've played there. I was trying to trying to figure out how many times I played there. And I was thinking, could it be a thousand? It might be because I've been playing there for over 10 years. And for a long time, it was just constant, you know? Mm -hmm. So... Anyway, I thought it was a good place to do it because it's like where we did my opera back in the day and, you know, played a million shows, so felt comfortable. Great. And I wanted to pay tribute, you know, because they've really supported me through the years, so that was cool to kind of showcase the bar, too. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, and so... Since we're talking about your early days, and it's your first time um, visiting with me, can you tell me a little bit about how you first fell in love with music? Well, I'm one of those people that uh, I was singing. They said I was singing really, really early, like before I could talk. I think a lot of children do that, though. But, you know, they had me singing in front of church when I was three I started piano lessons when I was three, and mm -hmm. so I just never have known any different. Um, and, you know, I have some really vivid moments when I was a child uh, where I do remember discovering certain kinds of music for the first time, like had a little record player, one of those kids' record players, um, like a, yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother had a 45 of Linda Ronstadt's Blue Bayou. And I just remember watching that thing turn and just being like mesmerized beyond, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do remember moments of discovering stuff, but it's just always been what I've done and what my family and community uh, encouraged me to do. So I, <laughs> I'm one of those that never questioned it. And like, I, I think I would have let everybody down if I tried to be a lawyer or something else. <laughs> <laughs> and your mom ran a music shop, right? For a yeah, long my time? grandparents started uh, Quantumon Music on the square in Searcy in the late 60s my grandparents Ivan and Francis Quattlebaum they were the coolest mm -hmm. and uh they yeah they stocked it with 
all the stuff that the Beatles were playing in their music videos. My my papa was like, every kid in White County is going to want one of them right there. <laughs> it's like, so he got the franchise for Gretsch drums and Fender and Gibson guitars. And they also um, were the only store around there that would carry the records of, of the day. Mm -hmm. So people would come in and get, get records of what was playing on the radio, you know. So I have really great memories of flipping through those 45s and working at the music store. Oh. <laughs> it was awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. My mother-in-law lives near Cersei now, so <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for that record store, or the, that store next time I'm down there. Yeah. I had no idea that was, was, um, was part of your family. <laughs> Yeah, it's not in the family anymore. They kept the name, but um, yeah, those were the glory years back when my grandparents were, were you know, getting it going. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. Um, and, and we've talked a little bit about it, but for anyone who's listening and who's not aware, Bonnie is an opera singer. <laughs> She's um, very well studied. She has two degrees in music and is a multi-instrumentalist. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, as someone who's a scholar and an opera singer who's been trained in such, I hate to say highbrow, but mm -hmm. um, such um, someone who's, who's acquired so many skills in your career, I'm wondering how do you sit down and honor all those skills while also making your music accessible because I know that at times if you're really scholarly it kind of turns people off so I'm wondering how do you find that balance that is a really good question because for years I was really uh kind of confused within my own heart about what was what you know because mm -hmm. I would work on the opera and be pushing that and then I would switch gears and come over here and work with my band and do gigs and stuff and I was like what is this how how does it make sense in my mind and then of course how in the world is this going to make sense to anybody else mm -hmm. but years have gone by and I've kind of come to uh, a piece about it being just kind of the same thing it's all the same thing mm -hmm. and it's it's sort of you know I think I think of myself as a post-genre artist, okay. which is fun mm -hmm. to kind of imagine the freedom of there not having to be any kind of rules or um, limits or even lines between the genres yeah. in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think I veered off of the original question, no, but no, you're, no, it's, it's, no, it's fine. It's it's kind. Of, I know it's a hard question to answer because mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I think about it a lot too. Just you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it very on a very small scale. You know, how, like how do I make this this person's story accessible to somebody who, you know, the, how do I write a story about an actor that's going to appeal to a plumber? You know, right. it's like exactly. I, I try to think about that. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm always curious about other people's processes and especially when I listen to your music because I can hear it like that operatic background because you, cool. you've got such amazing control over all the keys you sing in <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, um, and so I was just curious if it was like a, if it was something that you did, you know, intentionally or if it was something that was more just organic. Yeah, I think singing was so natural to me, you know, and then I just sought out the training because I just wanted, I was just hungry for knowledge and wanted to know everything. 
And so, you know, learning the techniques and all of the tricks, mm -hmm. like an acrobat or, a, you know, an athlete, because the voice is very uh, much a part of the body, you know. And mm -hmm. So learning all of that definitely helped with just being able to, to do whatever style I want to do. Mm -hmm. And But I think the trick was doing it authentically because, like, in opera school, I was such a serious student that... Uh, I tried to erase my southern accent, <laughs> uh, and I was pretty good at it because, you know, I was such a nerd that my teachers were like, if you can't speak well, then you can't sing well. So yeah. I learned to, like, speak uh, really properly, and, um, you know, when I came back to country music, when I came, when I sort of transitioned out of classical um, I, it was really fun, but also kind of challenging to let go of all of that and mm -hmm. let go of some of the training, but then keep, keep some of it too. So mm -hmm. it's been interesting, but I think I've, I've gotten to a place where it's authentic now and, and I can be myself. I'm sure if some of my voice teachers heard <laughs> some of my stuff I do on my albums, they would, they would, uh, I don't know, they'd think I forgot what I learned. <laughs> but I think I've just settled into it, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, and so I know that um, you are planning your album release shows now um, and that you've played several dates here, including in Springdale at Turbo Turnbow Park, and you were part of Freshgrass and part of the North Forest Concert Series at Crystal Bridges. Do you know of any shows, any other shows right now that are coming up? Well, we're putting the calendar together. Uh, I know I'll be playing at George's on December 8th um, oh. with the Garhole um, Holidays, they <laughs> call it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, this record's getting put out on Garhole, and I'm part of the family now, so I'm excited to be able to say it. I had to keep quiet about it for a while, but so December 8th at George's, um, and in central Arkansas, we're going to do a two-night stand. Yeah, that's, yeah, I can release that. <laughs> a two-night stand at Whitewater November 17th and 18th, and yeah, we're just adding stuff all the time. Okay, so mm -hmm. where can people keep up with you? Um, my website, I try to, we try to keep the dates refreshed on there. It's bonniemontgomerymusic.com. Okay. And all of my social medias, I, we make sure that we're blasting them out there <laughs> as much as we can. And if you get on her social media, there is a really wonderful video of you doing Cruel on there. And I highly encourage everybody to go find that one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank um, you. So you can tell I'm, bit, I'm a pretty big fan. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I couldn't be here without you. So, or all of y'all, you know. Well, we were so happy to have you with us today. And thank you so much for joining us. What song mm -hmm. do you plan to play for us today? I think I'll probably play the one that's coming out tomorrow. It's called Modern Day Cowgirl's Dream. All right. Great. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Thank Bonnie. Thank you. I went down to Houston. We were putting on a show. After the loadout, I was standing in the road, in the road, like a vision. All dressed in gold And then I danced with a ranch hand Who was holding me so strong Twirl 
held me on the dance floor and he took me to another world to another world that cowboy took me to another world well i've been all over texas all over the world never thought i'd see a brand new universe down there in houston yeah like a vision in this modern day cowgirl's dream well now just a few days later I was back in Austin town. The sun, it was shining like neon on the ground, all over the ground. In the places that I finally found. Then I stayed on the south side with the lovely Mrs. Rose. Woke up in the morning to my fingers and my toes and my toes. I was feeling like that Texas yellow rose. Well, now I've crossed all over Black County, been all over the world. I never thought I'd see a brand new universe at Mrs. Rose. Well, it's all part of this modern day cowgirl's dream. Yeah, like a vision in this modern day cowgirl's dream. Yeah, like a vision in this modern day.